Welcome to Money Moves Season 2. I'm so glad to be back. In this show, I'm taking you on a journey towards financial empowerment. I'm Melissa Leong, and today is all about being a first-time homebuyer. It can be very scary, and it never feels like you have enough money set aside for a savings fund and retirement and buying a house. When I was a kid, my parents always talked about the importance of home ownership. As new immigrants, I think it had to do with laying down roots as much as building wealth. When I got a bit older and moved out, I felt fine renting because my dream was just to live with my best friends and eat nachos for breakfast, which I totally did until my late 20s. And there's someone who remembers me from that time. Jainthi, my old roommate. Hey. Hi. I have been reminiscing about our days uh, living in the apartment on Wellesley. (laughs) What were your highlights? Uh, So whenever people ask me about our Wellesley days, I feel like we had a revolving door in our house. Like we were roommates, but we were also roommates with like 17 other people. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably how I had always dreamed my 20s would be. You know, like just living with your best friends. And I know you probably didn't like the theme parties so much, but I love that we (laughs) I love that we had theme parties every weekend. Uh, And yeah, there was always people sleeping on the floor and on that big, comfy brown couch. Whatever happened to that brown couch? I don't know. A lot of people slept on it. (laughs) What is your low light? What are some low lights from that time? Bed bugs. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. <laughs> How could you forget? <laughs> it's burned into my mind. And that dog that would dog. bark. It would just bark all day. I don't remember that. I do remember the break-in. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to steal, so. <laughs> I walked in, they're like, I can't take that. There's literally nothing to steal. What are you going to take? <laughs> we had a cassette player. There was literally nothing to steal. <laughs> Hey, there were good songs on those cassettes. Anyway, no one likes a break-in, and no one wants bed bugs. I loved living there, but I was finally ready for my own place. My real estate agent found me a 500-square-foot condo unit pre-construction in Toronto for $213,000. I had been working and saving for a few years, but it wasn't enough to have the 20% down payment I needed, or $42,000. So my parents helped me a little, which is so generous. Now, back then, which is going back over 10 years, I used funds for my registered retirement savings plan, my RRSP. You can do that if you're a first-time homebuyer. It's called the Home Buyer's Plan, and I took the maximum allowed at the time, which was $20,000. Now the maximum is $35,000. Was taking out that money the right thing to do? I mean, it would have been nice to have it stay in my retirement savings fueling compound interest. But with what extra money? There are so many different ways we need to invest, save, and prepare. So my goal for today is to speak to a bunch of folks and to try to give you some of the clarity I wish I had. That's next. This podcast is brought to you by RBC. Be prepared for your future with a free personalized plan. My money, my future, my personalized plan. My advisor, only from RBC. When I talk about my first time home buying experience, we're going back in time. 
The fundamentals haven't changed, but the market sure has. So I decided to get in touch with someone who bought very recently to ask what it's like now. I connected with Chelsea, who works at a brewery in Halifax. I started by asking her why she wanted to buy a home in the first place. I was living with my dad and needed somewhere else to go. It wasn't ideal anymore. So what was the very first thing you did? When I started planning for it, I think the first thing I did was I went online and started shopping, house shopping. Ah, the fun part. Chelsea quickly realized, though, that she needed some professional advice. So she turned to a friend who was a real estate agent. And you kind of get a feel for what's out there, the prices, the area you want to live in. And then I would go back, talk to the real estate agent, and he gave me some advice and said, get qualified first. Chelsea got the advice to see how much money she would be qualified for from a mortgage broker. And when you do that, you know your budget. How did you afford your home? Um, So I was really lucky. My parents had always told me that when I got to that point in my life, they would help. So they gifted me a down payment, um, which was $50,000. How did you feel about taking money from your parents? Guilty at first. Um, We have a very open relationship, so there was a lot of talking about it. But they had made it clear years and years and years ago that They wanted to help knowing how hard it was going to be for somebody to buy a house. When you were making that decision, when you were going back and forth between, oh, should I use my parents' money or should maybe I use my own investments for Mm -hmm. the down payment? Can you walk me through some of the thought processes that you were having? Um, Yeah, I was being really stubborn and I didn't want any help. But when I really sat down and looked at what that meant financially – I couldn't justify not taking the help if it was there. Did you have the money in investments? I did, yeah. Not quite as much, but definitely enough. Um, maybe closer to 40000 Um, I just opened up RRSPs when I was young, and they've just been, been building. So it would have hurt to take them out for sure. They're there for a reason, for a long-term plan. And so you knew that this help was coming, going in, mm-hmm. and... What did you eventually end up finding? I found a house. The house I bought was 225000 It is an attached house. Congratulations. Thank you. Aside from trying to have your own space, um, mm-hmm. what were the other priorities for you when looking for a house for yourself? I think investment. For most people, it's the biggest purchase you're going to make. I was just thinking about return eventually. I got into the market at a pretty good time. So it is nice that it's going to be worth more. Chelsea is savvy. And she's learned a lot from the professionals she's spoken with throughout this experience, including this useful tip. I saved and paid off my vehicle so that loan didn't count against me when I went to apply for a mortgage. So I was able to get more for a mortgage. Um, A few other things that I was doing, I was contributing to my RSPs in case I was going to use those. Um, which you can do as a first-time home buyer. So I, I had met with somebody to start seeing how I could get my finances ready for something like this because it's a really big purchase. And aside from you know paying off your car, what other things? Are there any other tidbits that they gave you? Honestly, nothing else that I can think of besides saving, 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 saving. I think it's so amazing that Chelsea has achieved her goal. She had help from mom and dad. And she also scrimped to get the job done. 
I, I did kick it into high gear and was able to put aside quite a bit of extra money. Does that mean cutting back or making more money? Um, cutting back, like I said, I lived with my dad for a little bit. Um, so those are sacrifices I, I made to, to be able to buy a house. Oh, you're making me miss my parents. <laughs> Sorry. I got to call my parents. <laughs> I am lucky. I see my parents Winnipeg. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I love when I leave my parents' house and they call me to chat on yeah. the, the drive home. I'm like, I just saw you. They missed you that much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chelsea, for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And for sharing your story. I think it's going to be really helpful for people. That was Chelsea in Timberley, Nova Scotia, just outside Halifax. And I'm glad the market was relatively affordable for her. Some cities, however, seem very expensive. I thought it would be a good idea to talk to a real estate agent in a very hot market, like the Greater Toronto Area, or GTA, where the average house price in 2020 is over $900,000. That's next. When life changes, have a plan that meets your needs. Experience the power of real-time control at your fingertips with my advisor. My money, my personalized plan, my way. My advisor, only from RBC. Now, as promised, I'm going to introduce you to a real estate agent who knows a thing or two about very hot markets. My name is Odine Eccleston. I am the co-founder and broker of record of We Realty Inc. and Wilshire Homes Canada. And I'm also on HGTV's Hot Market as one of the hosts. In terms of first-time home buyers, what are you seeing in the market? What are they doing? What are they buying? Uh, how are they affording what they are buying? Yeah, listen, this is not the easiest time for, for first-time home buyers. Let me just put the record straight. But the good news is it's absolutely possible. It just requires increased creativity and focus. Are you talking about COVID times or pre-COVID times? I'm talking about like pre-COVID times. I'm talking like since around 2017, around that time, we just saw a huge surge in pricing. It's still um, one of the more challenging times that throughout, and I've been in the business for about 13 years. And I'd say the past four or five years, it's become increasingly difficult. And so how are first-time homebuyers managing this? Right now, I've seen very few of my clients get into the market as an individual. The large majority of first-time homebuyers are pairing up. And it's not always that in that traditional sense in terms of a spouse or you know a significant other. I'm seeing sisters get together. I'm seeing cousins get together. I'm seeing best friends get together. And I'm encouraging best friends to get together to get their foot in the door and to get their head in the game. Like two of my best friends, they got together and they uh, lived together up until that was like from the time we were, say, 25 up until last year. And then they decided to go their separate ways, but they both had hefty down payments to go their individual ways. What I'm telling them now is, Put your pride aside and ask for help, even from the bank of mom and dad. Just this weekend, I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I said, I know you really want to do it on your own, but I have got to let you know that I'd say about 80% of people our age and younger are getting help. They're not doing it, even if they're getting help, as I said, from a spouse, from a relative, from a family member or a friend, 
very few people are able to do it by yourself. So don't beat yourself up too much. If you feel like you're late for the party, because if it's like a goal of yours to do it completely by yourself, you can do it, but you have that much more stacked against you because your peers, they may not even tell you, but I'm telling you guys, they're getting help for the most part. From your perspective, aside from getting help from the bank of mom and dad, aside from, um, you know, pairing up with a friend, is there anything else for somebody who wants to come and, you know, achieve their home ownership dreams on their own? Yeah. Yeah, there are. I mean, I personally roll my eyes when people give advice about, say, like having one less coffee a week, because when we're talking about like the GTA real estate market, that it's almost like, you know what, girl, if you need that coffee, please have it. However, a tip that I do have, honestly, guys, you might have to sacrifice in terms of vacations. It might be a couple of years where you don't have that like expensive gym membership or yoga membership. It might be three years where that $5,000 vacation or even $2,500 vacation, you set that aside because that's going to put you one step closer to that home ownership goal. I like what you said about creativity. I, I think of it in terms of, you know, we all have a vision of what we want in our life to be. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of rejigging, perhaps, to still get a part of what you want, but maybe not what you thought was going to be, you know, the dream home or whatever it is. So I do know people who bought a house and they, you know, lived in a room and then rented out the, you know, more of the space to be able to afford it. Uh, I know people who, as you said, you know, bought it with a couple of friends. I know people who moved really far out of the city. Uh, I myself was going to buy in Toronto, but I realized that I could buy double the space uh, in the suburbs. And so, yeah, it takes some, some sacrifice. It's, it's, as you said, it's like not being too married to an idea of what it, it must be. I think it's, it's being just a little bit more fluid. Just, you, you can't be so rigid in a market like this. It's, it's about being a little bit more fluid. It's about having some discipline in terms of there will be some sacrifices in a market like this. Can you give me an example of um, a first-time homebuyer experience in the last 13 years that really resonated with you? There's a couple, but I often speak of this story of this one woman. We got her a bungalow that was darn near dilapidated, but that was her budget and she was obviously sticking to it. And you know what? She was just so thankful to get in. And even though she was a first time home buyer, I have to tell you, this is a woman who was probably in her like fifties. And so she was like, um, I think divorced. She had some older kids, but it was her dream of home ownership. And finally she had saved enough to get it done. And so we found her a dilapidated bungalow and we helped her just kind of clean it up a little bit just so that obviously it was like livable, but um, she actually not only lived in the basement, but made another little like unit within the basement and then rented out upstairs. Well, I'll tell you this, it wasn't five years later where she was, the mortgage was up for renewal. And the mortgage broker said, well, you know what? It's grown in this much equity because of these improvements that you've made. That woman, she started in her 50s. Now I would say she's probably in her early 60s now. She's now the owner of three properties. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she's, and I feel like it's such an interesting story because she started by many people's standards kind of late, but 
the sacrifice was worth it for her. That's amazing. Yeah. Some of the, um, you know, market stories and what people are experiencing out there. I know it's, I, from the outside can seem really overwhelming and especially in a hot market like Toronto. Yeah, no, it, it is. But honestly, if you, as I said, kind of stay disciplined, stay focused and be fluid and also, you know, get yourself a good professional and then do homework on your own. You know what? It's, it's difficult, but it certainly isn't impossible. As a realtor, what do you love to see people have ready when they come to you financially and emotionally? Yes. So I love it. It doesn't always happen, but I love as a realtor when people come equipped with their pre-approval from their bank or from their mortgage broker, because that's really half of the battle, just knowing exactly what your budget is. Um, emotionally, it is really refreshing when people realize that in addition to the home being the place that they live, that it's also going to be an investment. I'm a huge proponent of improving spaces. So I don't think that the house doesn't need to be turnkey. It doesn't need to be ready because sometimes when you're buying a home that is completely re renovated and turnkey, you're paying for that seller's improvements, right? When really, if you take some time to do the improvements yourself, you're going to be building in mm. the equity yourself. So it's really refreshing when I don't kind of have to convince somebody of that, when they kind of are open to making improvements themselves when they move in. Have you ever had to turn a client away because they just simply didn't have the financial means to buy real estate? I mean, what do you say so that they can still, you know, stay on the path towards their goal without you know, being crushed? Yeah, no, I, oh my gosh, no, Melissa, it would be horrible if I just sort of turn them away. But, but what I do do, it's like, because often the issue is credit, right? The, I'll send them first to the mortgage broker, even though, you know, I might, they might tell me straight up, like, I don't have that much money. But what I do, I say, you never know, meet with one of my mortgage brokers, you might be in a better situation than than you're thinking that you are. And then if the mortgage broker says that, ah, Odin, this is a rough one. Well, I say, well, let's work on a plan to improve their credit, right? And so then it might not be that particular mortgage broker, but we do work with people who specialize in um, trying to Im improve credit scores. And so instead of just turning them away completely, I, I usually refer them out to a professional like that. And then I say, okay, and then we'll reconvene in about a year or so, maybe even six months. I love it. That's amazing insight. Work on improving your credit score. Big thanks to Odine Eccleston, who is really seeing it all in the housing market in the greater Toronto area. As a real estate agent, her best advice is to come pre-approved so you can know your budget. But how do you get there in the first place? Let's do what Odine recommends as a first step in the home buyer's journey. I'm going to the bank. My name is Ian Kwan. I'm a digital financial specialist, which is a senior advisor where my specialties include uh, financial counseling and advanced personal finance. And I'm fully licensed in mutual funds across Canada. And so as a first time home buyer, I wanna buy my dream home and I meet you. Why is it going to be helpful for me to come and see you? Well, it's important first of all to have an understanding about how much you need to set aside. Also the importance of saving in order to attain uh, that initial down payment. 
We work on strategies. We talk. We look at taxation. We look at uh, uh, how we can leverage products like RSPs and the first-time home buyers plan, uh, that sort of thing, in order to uh, maximize the amount that is required. And as long as you got some income coming in and you have a bit of surplus, this is where we can uh, leverage our products, leverage our services, and align it to that objective. So are we talking about uh, long-term objectives like I'm planning on buying a home, but I don't don't think I could do it for 20 years? <laughs> or are we talking about <laughs> long-term objectives like retirement and you're going to basically help me balance those goals? Home buying, retirement, emergency savings, all of the things. That's right. The My Advisor platform is to find out what goals clients have and work towards them and also have you visualize it as well. So it's almost like you're getting to your car, you're going from point A to point B, but you have no uh, fuel gauge. So you don't know if you're going to reach your destination or you have sufficient to get there uh, at all. So this is pretty much a financial GPS, so to speak. So this platform, um, you called it the My My Advisor platform? That's right. How does the platform work? The platform is available free of charge to every client of RBC. It is located right below your investments uh, section on your summary page of your online banking. So all you need to do is just click into it. And then from there, you can schedule an appointment with an advisor and we'll work in reaching out to you at that time and uh, doing a consult. When people first come in to see you, what do you, do you need them to have anything with them? What do you like to see when a uh, client comes to visit you? I like to see seriousness of plan. You know, sometimes people dream, but they don't really feel that they have the capability, but they're just curious about home ownership. But I want them to have a passion uh, that of being a homeowner. And uh, I can relate to it personally because I bought my first property at 22 years old. And I forego the, uh, or forewent, rather, the purchase of uh, a pretty nice car. But I, I use public transit for the next five years. And I haven't uh, regretted one day of doing that. Uh, so when they come in, if they have a serious uh, plan in place, even if they don't have much money, as long as there's some income coming in, and I can fire off a few uh, recommendations here that I, I would propose to them. I would say, well, first, recognize the power of savings, adopt a disciplined habit of setting a portion of income aside on a regular basis, uh, create a budget, determine how much they can comfortably set aside per pay. And uh, by saving 10% to start, it's, it's, not, it's not bad at all. They can always increase that along the way. So these are these are things that I like to go through with them. Also, we have a find and save uh, service called Nomi, where we use artificial intelligence to determine transaction patterns, find extra dollars in cash flow, and automatically set them aside for them, just like a, a electronic uh, squirrel, if you will. Um, the other thing too is look in their work setting if they have any employee benefits or perks such as group RSPs, uh, TFSAs, uh, especially if there's matching contributions. This is free money from the employer as an incentive. Uh, the other thing I can always work with them is to push off owning a vehicle. Like I said, uh, easiest way to drain savings due to depreciation, higher insurance, repairs and maintenance, oil change and seasonal tires, etc. Uh, lastly, uh, be careful with credit cards. Avoid carrying a balance due to its high interest. And above all, do pay on time to better your credit score, which is an advantage when applying for future financing. So you actually mentioned something that I thought was important to highlight, which is back when you 
and maybe me, when we bought our first homes, the amount needed for a down payment was significantly less, especially in big markets today. Um, how do you amass this giant down payment to uh, become a first-time home buyer? Well, you got to be creative then because the prices, especially in the uh, metropolitan areas, they have just skyrocketed. And with the lowered interest rates today, it is a uh, basically a fuel for easy financings, people to jump on board. So everything depends on supply and demand. So when the demand is there, the price bidding war happens and you end up paying far more than initially anticipated. Today's episode is all about guidance for people interested in real estate. But Ian, your work isn't just about real estate, right? Tell us about the range of your work. Well, we do more than real estate planning. We also do retirement planning. If you have a goal of creating a plan for your children's education or a major purchase down the road, could be a marriage or, or you want to start a business down the road, you could also go on that site and enter your goals. And the system will tell you whether or not you're on or off. And uh, all you have to do is just attach accounts uh, to fund those goals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Ian, and, and helping hey, us with it's, this. Hey, uh, it's, it's quite fun, actually. I don't get to do this all the time. <laughs> okay. That was a lot. Sorry, not sorry. The whole process of buying your first home is a lot, but it is achievable. Here are my three takeaways from today's episode. One, people today do have it tougher than older generations who bought their first homes, so you might need to adjust your expectations. Maybe that's asking your parents for help. Maybe that means buying with a family member or friend. Maybe that means buying and renting out a room. Maybe that means finding a home that is a fixer-upper or in a location further from where you want. The key is to be flexible and creative. Number two, half the battle is visiting the bank or a mortgage broker to start the conversation. Wherever you are in the journey, whether that's starting to save, wanting to improve your credit, knowing what you can't afford, and then getting pre-approved, you need help. And finally, three, saving for any big goal will take motivation and sacrifice. Like Ian says, he likes to see a passion for being a homeowner. Focus on the end goal and it will put everything in perspective. And to make saving easier on yourself, automate it. Thank you so much to all of our guests today. My best friend, Jane Thee, Chelsea in Nova Scotia, Odeen Eccleston of We Realty in Toronto, and Ian Kwan of RBC. And thank you for listening. I am always trying to spread the word when it comes to personal finance so you can empower yourself and live the life you want. If you enjoy Money Moves, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review our show. It really helps like-minded people find out what we're doing and share our podcast with a friend. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Money Moves is produced by Hannah Sung, with audio mix by Pippa Johnstone. Our executive producer is Kieran Rana. And remember, folks, the opinions expressed by people on the show belong to the individuals and are not the opinions or advice of RBC. And the information in this podcast is intended as general information only and should not be relied upon as providing legal, tax, financial, or other professional advice. Money Moves is produced by the Globe Content Studio in partnership with RBC. I'm Melissa Leong. Thank you so much for listening to Money Moves. <laughs>